Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bob Stauffer at Rogers Place, Teddy Bear Toss, Simmons and Oil Kings, Everett Silvertips. Uh, Brendan Escott back in the 630 Chad Studios, along with Kellen Kennedy. We'll tell you guests on orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It is also an awesome place to have a Christmas staff party. You can tell Prendon, Chris, and Chef El Taff that Oilers now sent you. Roost Chris. It is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close and then open at 4 on Oilers game days as we head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. And welcome back to the show. Daily Face-Offs, Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Experience live standard racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Hello, Frank. How are you? Pretty good, Bob. How are you? Not bad. Uh, thank you for potentially moving shows, but it's going to be next week. <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to flip uh, uh, you and uh, Ron McLean. I had a good conversation with Ron uh, today after having him on the show yesterday. So, anyhow, let's get right to it. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, b- uh, multiple reports have the Oilers with multiple scouts at tonight's Ottawa-Columbus game, which has people talking. Um, what are the Columbus Blue Jackets going to do? Are they a team to watch here? Uh, because they've been taking on a little bit of water this season. And some might say the same with Ottawa. Yeah, I would say the Columbus Blue Jackets are definitely a team to watch. I mean, for one, they've been looking to move a defenseman really since training camp broke. They've had a logjam of D. More than that, I think there's some thought out there that is there maybe a chance that Elvis Merzlikens could use a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold that the Oilers are really hot and heavy, even though this is the third time I think they've seen the Blue Jackets in the last week. Um, but there's certainly, uh, I think Yarmo Kekalainen is, I don't want to say dead man walking, but he's got a lot of work to do to try and improve this team. All right, Elvis Merzlikens, and perhaps we can explain there's a little bit more going on here than just the on-ice performance. Uh, Elvis is represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson, as you know, and was involved in the, uh, how do you, how do you was it Matisse Kivelinks? Is that how you pronounce uh, yeah, Mattis Kivlenix. Kivlenix, yes. And that death uh, was certainly a, a shock and, and a tragic moment for that franchise that I think, you know, has left a lasting scar on a lot of people there. And it happened at Manny Legacies, right? Yes. Uh, and in his so, backyard. In his backyard. And Legacy, uh, by the way. If you, did- if you don't know the backstory, you can look it up, but it was a July 4th fireworks accident. 
and it, and so and the two goaltenders were best friends and and yes. and I don't know if Elvis has been the same. I know the Oilers players that I've talked to have had a lot of respect for Merzlikins. They think he's played pretty well, uh, not just uh, for the Blue Jackets against Edmonton, but also for Latvia when he's been in the lineup there as well. By the way, it's two two yep. Ottawa and Columbus. Columbus was down early, two nothing, being outshot fifteen to five. They've come back to tie that game. Um, Here's my true opinion, though. If if we're if I'm not saying you are, but if anyone is trying to connect dots, I think the Oilers have to give Jack Campbell one more crack yeah. at seeing if he can turn this around. Hundred percent. And again, and I think that is that has the potential to come next week. My understanding is Jack Campbell is scheduled to start tomorrow night in Bakersfield yeah. with the five-day layoff between games. There's really no reason to make a move right now. I think the hope is that he'll put together one more really good game. He's 2-1 and one with a 944 save percentage, 197 goals against average the last three games. And... At that point, if he does play well on Saturday, the Oilers are going to have a decision to make. Right. Because as you know, they the, with the cap space they gained by they, they lose. him going down, they're going to have to put a forward on waivers. So in parentheses, Adam Ernie or Sam Gagne in order to make room to bring him back up. It also speaks volumes of how James Hamlin has endeared himself to the new coaching staff by, yes. you know, he's not a guy that's going to play 15 minutes a game, but he gives you what he's got. He's on the right side of the puck. He doesn't cheat. Uh, eventually, you could foresee a scenario where he gets worked into a penalty kill at some point, and that's a a guy that I don't think a lot of people, myself included, I, I he kind of he was up early last year. He was kind of seen as a Jay Woodcroft guy, got 10 games in. And part of the reason why he got up this year was because Lane Peterson got hurt early down in the minors. He was supposed to be the first call-up center and a right shot. And, oh, by the way, Hamlin's done a pretty good job. So a lot He's of- been one of the great stories of the year. And, and I would add to that, too, um, obviously there is a concern about Stuart Skinner's workload, but this five-day layoff kind of comes at a good time. That right. The other part of this equation is, yes, Stuart Skinner is likely to get the ball and run with it again on the backside of this layoff. Does he need a rest that quickly? And in the meantime, what's the best play with Campbell? You've kind of told him, go down to the minors, get your game right. And in fact, they kind of gave a December 1st uh, time frame of him to try and seek that game out again. At some point, you have to do right by the player and bring him back. Yeah. So, and again, not everybody's going to be happy about that. I know there's lots of people, damn it, the owners should have made a trade and uh, they should have given up multiple draft picks to get rid of Campbell, which I personally do not want to see happen. Uh, you can always still do that. Right. I, but I would say don't do it unless you're forced to do it. All which right. Maybe if he comes back and is no good again, then you have to. But at least you have to see it through and give him a chance. And, and just to put a bow on this depth forward conversation about Hamblin and his impact, I think that's one of the big things that I've noticed from this team in the last, you know, 10 days as, as they've gotten their act together is, yes, we can all point to the power play and how much better it's been and the ridiculous run that McDavid is back on again. But I'm looking at some of the other depth impact scoring that's been really helpful Hamblin was kind of the the kickstarter to that because he got a goal uh, against Anaheim. And then you look at the game against Vegas. Oh, all right, you start to get a Gagne goal, a Matthias Janmark goal. 
and then go back to last game against Winnipeg and, oh, what do you know? More depth scoring. You get a Ryan McLeod goal. Stuff like that becomes contagious, and I think that is the type of stuff that goes a long way in, in terms of helping pile up wins to get this team back on track. All right. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. One of the most bugged they've been in the business from daily faceoff for the horses and horse racing, Alberta, Frank Cervalli. So, Frank, I asked the question and I posed it to our listeners. Uh, are the owners starting to build some confidence in you and, and some belief that they're going to be. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying they're going to get to 50 wins. I think I, I saw them as a 50-win team at the start of the year. I don't, I don't know if that's going to, but I do. Ex- so, are you officially revising your prediction? Well, I think you have to after a two-nine and one start. But I do expect them 47 to 50 wins. I will tell you that right now. I think they can get there, and I'm liking how they're playing and the structure and process that they're playing with. I like how they stayed in in the game last night, didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Um, obviously, Stuart Skinner is is put together a good. I mean, just look at the goals against. They shut out Washington. They gave up two against the Ducks. Uh, not happy about how they gave up the two against Vegas, but they didn't give up a lot of scoring opportunities. The two in the third period against Vegas, so that's six. So seven goals in their last four games. You're going to win games when you do that. And I like their transition game. I like the use of the middle of the ice. But that's me. I'd like to get your thoughts because, you know, maybe I'm too close to it and and have too much of a jaundiced view as uh, we remind the listeners, hey, you know, I work for the Oilers Entertainment. You're pretty close to it. I'm pretty Um, close to it. So go for it. So I would say the biggest thing that you said that I would key in on is the fact that the Oilers haven't shot themselves in the foot the last 10 days. That's like half their problem is you can sometimes just make the simple play instead of the home run play. And they've it's been a little bit more simplified. And part of that is a confidence thing. I think the worst part right now for the Oilers, as much as it might be nice to get Stuart Skinner a break, this team's cooking with gas. The last thing you want is to you know, have a five-day layoff and then try and find it again. So that yeah. part is a little bit unfortunate. But if you're talking overall 30,000-foot view and where I see this Oiler team finishing, I think they're taken down somewhere between the third spot in the division and the first wild card. Okay. I think they could catch the Vancouver Canucks, who have come back to earth a little bit, but they're going to need a lot of work to get there, and they're going to need to reel off eight straight wins, something like that, go nine and one. You're going to need some runs like that in order to get there. All right, let's do some quick hitters. So we're not, you know, we know that the Oilers have been watching Columbus a bit. Uh, They're playing Ottawa tonight. Um, Somebody said, is there an under-the-radar guy that might make sense in Columbus? I actually mentioned Danforth, just because, and I know he just got extended. But just the price point. I, I've had a couple people around the league say, that guy's not a bad player. He can help you with some secondary offense. And can I, s- I actually like Alexander Texier, too. Uh, we've had a couple texts on him as well. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I, I don't know how much he really would differentiate the Oilers' lineup as part of the issue. But to me, at his age, I think maybe not for where Edmonton is at. They need probably a more complete product or at least known commodity. I just I happen to like his game for another fit somewhere else. All right. Uh, I want to, and we're going to tie into Chicago in a second, but Patrick Alvine in Vancouver, the horse trading they have done to get Sam Lafferty and Nikita Zadorov, 
for what amounted to Anthony Beauvillier, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I would say that this last week they've been incredibly fortuitous with their timing. They were in a spot really for the last couple months where they probably felt like they needed to give up an asset to trade Anthony Beauvillier, and they just struck at the exact right time with the Chicago Blackhawks losing Taylor Hall for the year, and then Corey Perry's contract gets terminated kind of out of the clear blue sky, and all of a sudden Chicago's sitting here going, not only is our face of the franchise been just absolute shrapnel on social media and, uh, and collateral damage. We've also had the support on ice around him that was designed for him has been completely eroded. So they needed to get someone on the cheap, a, a warm body to come in there that could, you know, really help provide some more support. So the, for the first time since Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford took over, they had real cap space and flexibility and they only, they got a fifth round pick in return. And so then they take that fifth add a third and then go and trade for Nikita Zadorov, who, if you look at the size of that blue line huge. in Vancouver, that's, there's some large human beings there. Um, I think more than the size, what they really needed was a bona fide NHL defenseman to plug into their group because they're starting to run into with the injuries that they've had and their depth having to step up is is what plagued them last year and I believe the big reason why they didn't make the playoffs. You can't be dressing fringe NHL depth defensemen on, on a nightly basis for a sustained period of time. And I'm not picking on anyone, but Noah Juleson, Cole McWard, that whole group of guys that have been in and out of the lineup – that's no good for 60 games. And this year they took a huge step forward in Vancouver in terms of fixing that with, you know, adding Carson Soucy and a full year of Philip Peronic and Ian Cole. But when those guys start to get banged up, you got to do something in order to support it. And they did that in a big way this week. All right. Uh, Calgary trading in the division. Um, are they done? I think that's overrated, by the way. Yeah, especially overstated, especially today in a cap system. So, are they done, Calgary? No, no, we've no, only just begun. No, and they're begun. not going to say this out loud because Craig Conroy has too much class. But one of the big reasons why they made this move was to just get rid of Nikita Zadorov, and I don't say that flippantly. I think there was not just front the front office, but I think the players were really bothered by how on the nose that trade request was. And they were trying to calm things down. And instead, leaking that out through your agent, is it, it really bothered a lot of people. And I think part of the reason why people sit back and say, well, maybe they didn't get as much as they could. I mean, I see Nikita Zadorov as a third-pair defenseman. You probably could have hung on for a few more months and got a second. But sometimes... Fixing or changing your culture is just as good as moving up one more round in the draft. You have three other Calgary Flame players in your top five of your trade board uh, for trade yeah. targets. You got Lindholm, uh, Tanev, and Hannafin. Wow. You don't think there's any? I, I don't think they're all going to go. Okay. Because I don't think you can afford to really move all of those guys as pending unrestricted free agents if you want to compete next year and beyond. Right. But I do think that they're in for some seismic changes should they 
ca- the calendar turned to 2024 and they're not not just right in the mix of the playoffs, but if they have any feel that they're going to, you know, if they're not going to be a threat, you've got to try and change things up. Frank, uh, Jake Allen or Caden Primo now that Montable signed a three-year extension? To keep or trade? Who gets traded? Jake Allen. Um, it's really clear looking at that contract that Sam Montembeau is the the guy, I don't want to say of the future because he's not that young, but at 27 pending unrestricted free agent, um, this is the guy that they believe that can help bridge that gap from the Carey Price era to whoever they go to next. And I think the idea is with as calm as, and as better as, if I can get the words out, Caden Primo has played a lot better of late that Jake Allen, it's the perfect time to try and move him to another team. He's got some term. He's a really, really well-liked vet. He gets along great with whoever he's in tandem with. And it's been a tough situation there carrying three goalies. So there's a, there's a reason why Sam Montembeau wasn't on my trade board yesterday. Yeah. There is a guy you got in the top 15, 15th that I love. Okay, he is. I don't have it in front of me, so you're gonna have to Nick say his name out Sealer loud. from the Flyers. He is Mickey Nails. Yeah, he is one tough. You know what? He I call t- him. Uh, you, if you read the piece, I, I said we got to make a new nickname for him, Nicky Nails, and the reason for that is he's a human nail gun. He, he shocks him hard. He is my favorite player, one of my favorite players to watch in the league. And I know you're sitting here going, but we have Connor McDavid. And I'm like, I get it. I happen to like the lunch pail guys that are not the most skilled guys in the league that squeeze every drop out of the skill set that they have. And that is Nick Sealer to a T. Yeah. I mean, the Oilers are sitting here with Kulak in the third pairing. And I don't. You know, it's funny. They needed Kulak when they did Kulak didn't ha- struggled this year. He has struggled. And the thing is, you got, you're, you got $15.5 million tied up in your first two defensemen, 15.25. Some might say a cheaper option might, you know, or, or do the Oilers have to create a, a mechanism to, to get a guy like uh, Philip Roberg in the lineup? Final one for Frank Saravalli for the horses and horse racing. Got to get confidence in 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 Broberg well, back. He's not playing, so that's tough to well, do. That, but that's that's got to be one of the key priorities on the list for Chris Knobloch. I know they're at some in po- at some point, yes, win like, now mode, and I get it. But that has to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Oilers lineup objectively, the reality is they got two players at two point seven five: Warren Fogle or Brett Kulak. And if they're going to create some cap flexibility or do something, logic dictates it might be one of those two guys. Hence why Warren Fogel's on the trade board. I think they're thinking that Kulak was part of the solution and not the problem. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, You talked to Marty Walsh, and there was something interesting in there. Um, Aside from him calling me a bastard in my podcast? Well, you're often called a bastard, aren't you? In my own house, nonetheless. Yes, I can relate to that, usually with a couple other words. Uh, all right, so let, let's get to it here. There, he talked a bit about the fact that the valuations of the teams uh, have gone up substantially. So, too, have uh, the potential of um, expansion teams and how much... Like, Are we going to look at expansion here? We're at 32 teams right now. Oh, yeah. It's happening. Okay. So, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week, but it's... 
I'd say within the next three years, we're on a path to having two more teams added. All right. Uh, we're going to end up like first and second division like they have over in uh, your, you know, in English. Center. How awesome would it be if we had a relegation system put in well, place? It would be an absolute unmitigated disaster. And Why is that? Because you have a salary cap in place. And what happens if you have a team that gets relegated down into the second tier and doesn't, you know? I, I, yeah, it's almost impossible, but I'd love to see it. Uh, well, yeah. All right. Uh, so, what is he talking about? There has to be a way that uh, the NHLPA uh, gets their pound of flesh, too. Are we heading down a potential conflict here? What do you think? I mean, it's hard to envision that there isn't one just based on the history and who he's yes. sitting across the table from. I mean, I've unfortunately been standing on way too many New York street corners trying to wait out these lockouts. You got to wait. You got to really watch how you say that. I've been unfortunately standing on way too many New York street corners. Well, it's true. And it's bitter cold in the winter trying to find a phone charger, uh, waiting as the NHL and NHLPA are at odds for months on end without a season being played. There you Been have. there, done that, hope to never cover one again. But that's 2026. I mean, it's it's obvious that they're gearing up for battle. And I think the league, it's in their best interest to try and avoid it. Same I think here. from a Players Association perspective, I honestly don't know how much of a stomach this generation of players even has to go down that path. But the truth is no matter how you look at this current system, this pandemic era freeze of the cap is some of Gary Bettman's most brilliant work because we are now entering another year of record revenue and players essentially have had their wages stagnant for four consecutive seasons and in the meantime franchise values in one year are up 31 percent year over year wow and not one single penny of these increases in revenue uh in a in a real in, in when i say revenue i mean franchise value goes to the players and not one cent of Either of the two expansion fees that right. came to the league goes to the players. They did get so, they did get forty six more jobs. They got okay, great. But okay. guess what? In the meantime, with a frozen salary cap, do you know how many jobs they lost this year with teams having to go with twenty and twenty one players common. because of salary cap constraints? Fair, hey, I'm watching one. Frank, awesome stuff. Well, tell, tell me the number. Do you know how many players have lost jobs this year because they have 20 and 21-man rosters? I'd say 38 to 43. 29. Okay. That's how many jobs have been lost. There we go. Great stuff, Frank. Thanks for your time. Have a good weekend, Bob. That's uh, Daily Faceoffs. Frank Valley for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Experience live standard red racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, uh, head to thehorses.com. If you're looking for a great holiday gift, give the gift of travel this holiday season. New West Travel Gift Certificates. Whether you're celebrating a special occasion or looking to surprise a loved one, give the gift of exploration, relaxation, and unforgettable experiences. Adventures await. There's no better time to start planning. Call New West Travel. Visit newwesttravel.com. Quickly into the order. 
Stars Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the University of Alberta. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Dylan Holloway, uh, a week-to-week lower body issue. David Bowles has a global news weather traffic update. We'll be back at 6.06 with George LaRock.